Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And I'm a geriatric millennial. <laughs> uh, hmm? Well, I read oh, yeah. I read that article where recently uh, people who are born in the exact like generation that I am and Taylor. I think I miss it by one year. I think the cutoff is 85. That's right. Yes, you missed it. Um, I, I'm not a geriatric millennial. I am. I am solidly in it, though. Is that misusing the word geriatric? I mean, I don't know. I didn't look up. Could somebody Webster's defines geriatric as <laughs> I, I don't know what uh, the de- I mean, it's older, right? Like I know geriatric refers to an older, older person, but I don't know. Relating to old people, especially with <laughs> regard to their health care. <laughs> Relating to old people. That's the definition from Oxford. <laughs> English dictionary. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> old people like me. Born in 83, geriatric millennial. I mean, I what? guess they're, it's relative. They're saying old as compared to other millennials who are not as old. Um, I proposed, so I had a uh, an attending physician I used to work with who called uh, pregnancies in people who are older geriatric pregnancies, which wow. none of us appreciated. Mm. Um, the technical term in medicine is advanced maternal age. AMA. Mm-hmm. So I said, why don't we just say that we're AMA, advanced millennial age? But then mm. nobody on Twitter enjoyed that. <laughs> there were like two doctors who were like, ha ha, I love it. And everybody else was like, mm, no, no. Well, they felt the need to tell me like AMA is a thing. Ask me anything. I know, but like in <laughs> medicine, it's a different thing. Okay, well, Sydney, most of us aren't doctors. <laughs> well, I am. Anyway, I'm a geriatric millennial too. I just don't, I, I feel like I don't know. Just have to find a new way to insult millennials, like, uh, like every couple of months. <laughs> it's just part of the press code at this point. I don't. I mean, the article I think was about how great I would be at leading a team. So that's nice. Like, I mean, I agree with you on that. I'm great at leading teams because mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like to be told what to do. So I would much rather tell everyone else what to do. So mm-hmm. yes, I concur. Yeah. I'm excellent at leading teams uh, by default. But I, you know, whatever. I, just, I, I liked Exennial better. Just, they just took like so many articles that treated the entirety of millennials as like these 20-somethings that just want to live in Neverland. And we'll, all the whole time we've been saying, no, we're, we're literal adults. We're like in our 30s most, for the most <laughs> part. Like we are whole adults. Finally, they recognize there were old people. And they're like, okay, okay, okay. Geriatric. Like, ah, come on. <laughs> I am a cusper. Oh, a cusper. On the cusp of yeah. millennial and Gen Z. Mm. That's what they call it. What is Look that, that up. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, I, I always did feel like there was something distinct about the, like, first half of my, like, sort of coming of age. There was no internet. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the internet seeped into my teen years until by college it was like, now you know how to use the internet, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Do I? <laughs> I was like, uh, AOL Instant Messenger? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh, how do you get to... Uh, the only way I know how to get to the internet is through AOL, and I do not see it on this computer, <laughs> sir. So do you have a disk that I may load onto this computer for AOL? You can get them free through the mail. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> this was true. 
that's also technology, man. That just makes generations because, like, I feel like the t- stereotypical Gen Zer grew up with like Snapchat and Instagram through like their elementary school and middle school years. Mm-hmm. Like, I did, I had a phone, but like my first phone was still a Nokia, like flip phone. So I didn't get an iPhone or like social media until I don't know, probably early high school. So I. Uh, Took me a while to Facebook, get into it. Facebook was that your intro? I did have Facebook in like middle school, but I didn't get all the cool stuff until high school. So all these Gen Zers on TikTok when they're like I don't know thirteen, I was not that. Mm. I didn't get TikTok until last year. Makes me feel <laughs> old. <laughs> I didn't get TikTok until last year. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, that makes us the same. Oh no, not so geriatric, am uh, I? <laughs> or am I more geriatric? I don't know. My geriatric Gen Zer. Is that what I am? Yeah, maybe. We're all geriatric to somebody, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Well, I enjoy being part of this micro generation. I don't care what you want to call it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, Real Gen Zers scare me. I'm fine not being a part of them. <laughs> Um, is that is is it just fear? It's not like most most elder generations. It's contempt, but I, I agree. I don't have any contempt. Fear, maybe, maybe fear. Yes, no, I am. I am afraid of them. Ah, <laughs> oh, see, maybe this is distinct about my micro generation because I all I have is hope. <laughs> I I contest the kids are all right, and well, I'm not I have hope. <laughs> I'm not not hopeful for them, but I am equally as afraid of them as I am hopeful uh, okay. that they will be good good influences on the world <laughs> yeah no that's fair i mean you can you get you never in a way know. led by fear <laughs> you never know with humans i yeah. guess that's true i guess you don't want to have too much hope because every once in a while we're just like hey remember fascism let's try that out again so <laughs> <laughs> so it's fair uh, uh okay that's not what we're talking about this week though i just it's been on my mind it was on all of tw- twitter just it just went wild with that one mm-hmm. twitter was very upset about it um, I, I think I've gotten to the point where any article that uses the word millennial, it's like, it's not a conscious choice. My brain just goes, no, and I don't read it. I can't read the words. Like, it just doesn't exist in my reality, and that's where I'm at. I'm obsessed with the TikToks that are like, it's one person, but they're saying something as a boomer, and then something as Gen X, and something as a millennial, millennial and something as Gen Z. Yeah. I'm obsessed with those. Yeah. Because I don't, like, most of it I don't understand. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. All I know is that the Gen Zer always has iced coffee. That's the only thing I it's know true. for sure. <laughs> I haven't had hot coffee in years. And that's not an exaggeration. Years. I I don't know what happened to me. Hmm. But that's not unusual. I don't know any anyone who drinks hot coffee anymore. That's I not, do. You, you or mom and dad. <laughs> I'm I, I drink exclusively iced coffee. I thought that was ah. like a, a cliche gay thing. I thought that I well, didn't realize yeah. it was an age thing. I thought it was a queer thing. It's think, also a queer thing. I think there's enough of the. I, I think I am enough in the millennial generation that like the difference between mom and dad drink coffee that they get like pre ground in a bag. Yeah, they put in the coffee maker the night before, and it's uh-huh. brewed when they wake up. It's just black coffee in a mug, and it's like, and they might get like Maxwell House or something. Yes, like whatever you know. That's that's a very boomer. Yeah, yeah. And I'm enough of like I don't know because Gen X was all about like coffee shops, uh-huh. but then you move into millennials who are like I grind my own beans and I like to make <laughs> sure I support a local 
Um, coffee supply. Are you making fun of Taylor right now? No, it's me. I, I mean, that's well, us. Like, we do that. <laughs> well, I mean, we do that. <laughs> that's, I mean, like, Justin and I took time to find, like, the coffees we like, and we grind the beans here, and... I mean, we do that. So I guess that's me. Well, and then to be fair, Gen Z is just like running to Starbucks or Dunkin' ah, every morning ah. to get an iced coffee. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what generation it is where it's just a lot of us worked on barely living wages as baristas. And now we have a horrible love-hate relationship with <laughs> coffee. I can make myself delicious coffee at home and yet I continue to just drink black cold brew. Because it just expresses my bitterness over my <laughs> See, I like economic that, though. future. I like the bitter of coffee. Like, I love hospital coffee black because it's just so, like, yeah. Like, you There's feel a- it. Like, it's it's like you're putting gasoline in a car, oh, except no. it's in your body that's the car. There's and you just difference. feel it going in and doing something. Like, like you're talking about burnt not like, the good <laughs> yeah. bitter. There's, like, bad bitter and good bitter in coffee. That's the bad bitter. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. I think what has happened here <laughs> is we've gone off track. We, we well, yes, I think we, as Gen Z slash cuspers slash young millennials, we did we just started our dependency on caffeine so much younger mm. that we don't we don't need it to we don't we don't feel it doing something anymore. It's just oh. like a part of our necessity for our day. We have to have one we wake up and probably one sometime halfway through the day as well. Mm. We do not feel it. It just keeps us going enough to just like finish the day. Okay. I don't I've never felt like except for like my freshman year of high school, the first time I had coffee. I've never felt coffee doing something to me. Oh. I'm sorry. I could go to sleep <laughs> after having coffee, honestly. It just like actually same, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm too far gone. Anyways, well, yes, we've gone very off topic. Let's talk about this great movie that you brought this week, Tay. Yes, there's there's no coffee in it, but there is a lot of gay, so there's something. <laughs> there, no. we <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah, I would I wanted to talk about, um, uh, but I'm a cheerleader, which is a '99 uh, movie mm-hmm. um, starring Natasha Lyonne and Claire Duvall. Uh, you know, to say that it's a funny movie and then describe it, it, it doesn't sound funny, but it is. Yeah. Uh, it's about a, a cheerleader whose family believes she is a lesbian and thus send her off to a, I mean, it's conversion therapy. Send her yeah. off to a camp to be made straight and, you know. True directions, not new directions. Which was too close to new directions <laughs> for me. The name of the show, Choir and Glee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, you're right it doesn't sound funny um, and I, I would argue that while it does have plenty of humor I mean obviously it, the, I laughed plenty mm-hmm. of times in the movie uh, it it doesn't I mean it's dark humor mm-hmm. like I, I would I would say it definitely embraces the fact that it's subject matter is not funny mm-hmm. yeah like that is not a secret right I, I think it, it's, I don't think there's any, it's pointedly trying to be a sort of John Waters adjacent production, I feel like. Like mm-hmm. with the design, mm-hmm. the kind of humor it is, like it's very that, if you're familiar with that. Yeah. Um, I, I very much liked that uh, early in the film, like the first person you meet from the conversion therapy camp who's coming to like, join the intervention and rescue <laughs> rescue our main character uh, and from her lesbianism um, is RuPaul yes as like an ex-gay is how he identifies himself and um, I, I think that is a uh, 
I, the I, shirt that just says straight is great. Well, <laughs> the the, the purchase you'll ever see, RuPaul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he really is good. There's a scene where he's trying to teach uh, the boys in the camp to chop wood mm-hmm. so that they won't be gay. Because I guess that's how you stop. That's, it's that's so, good. It's so <laughs> and, good. And I mean, he's good at chopping the wood. Like he is, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't. There, that might have been like a, you know, like a, a movie, movie magic. Yeah. <laughs> so they, I don't oh, know if true. they were actually cleaving wood in half, like just on site. It, I mean, I, I was thinking like I couldn't chop wood that well. You know, there are methods. Chris Evans doesn't <laughs> really rip the log in half either. Yeah. In Captain America. <laughs> Oh, I bet you're right. <laughs> <laughs> there are methods for teaching you how to be straight. Like, women have to clean mm-hmm. and change diapers. Mm-hmm. And the boys have to fix cars and chop wood and also pretend to be in war? Yeah. Question mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. And it's just... I. It's just... I. All of it is also like very queer. Well, it is. It is, and I think I think what's so good about it is that um, because I I felt remarkably I had never seen this film, Taylor. I really didn't even know what it was about. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like when I I was aware it existed, and I assumed it was just some sort of like teen comedy thing. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that it was about you know conversion therapy, queer culture, any of that. And uh, I thought, well, nineteen ninety nine. There's no way this is going to hold up right. in 2021. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked mm-hmm. at how well it does because what it's saying is, see how ridiculous these tropes are? Yeah, they look they look ridiculous, don't they? But like, take a second and ask yourself, what else would these ridiculous, terrible, harmful camps do? Mm-hmm. Like everything they do is this ridiculous. See how ridiculous it looks? Yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny but at the same time, I felt myself like so uncomfortable mm-hmm. with it. So I, I really think it accomplishes that goal while still being engaging and entertaining enough to watch. Because mm-hmm. something that's just uncomfortable, there's only so many people who are going to want to engage with it. It it skirts that just barely, but it does. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think that's, you know, it's, it, it's unfortunately, I was going to say it's a part of queer history, but it's part of the present for plenty of people you know as you were saying yeah therapy is still legal in west virginia yeah it's still a problem i i think there are people who think like this was in the past the conversion therapy unfortunately it shouldn't be it's abuse it shouldn't mm-hmm. happen um but it is still happening yeah and and that like the idea of like the like find your root the moment that in your childhood that made you turn away from heteronormativity made you choose to be gay like <laughs> yeah and and you know it's once again i, I agree it's like it's funny, but it's also you see like how it's painful to the families to like basically have their child blame them like, oh, you made me gay because at some point mom had a job and dad didn't. Yeah. Like, what? Or mom wore pants at her wedding. Yeah. yeah. That was. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it really um, is. Um, it All of those things that they name as like reasons why they're gay are all things like historically that have been blamed mm-hmm. for like why someone wasn't straight. And so, I mean, it again, even though it seems so like hyperbolic and ridiculous, it's all based in stuff that's really happened, mm-hmm. which makes it, I do think it makes it really poignant and keeps it from being, it, whenever you make like the bad guys in a movie 
sort of ridiculous. If you take that too far, then they're funny. And then you kind of come around to liking them. And I don't think that happens with this movie. No. I don't like, uh, what's her name? Mary? Mary. Yeah. I don't like Mary. Not our mom. No. I love our mom. (laughs) I don't like the Mary in the movie. I don't ever think like she's lovable. And I don't even think she's sympathetic, even though I do think you have some hints that maybe she's not straight. Mm Mm-hmm. And definitely she's worried about her son. That's why I couldn't decide whether she did this because she wasn't straight or she did this because she knew her son wasn't straight. That's why I couldn't decide if it was both. Like, obviously her son is not straight. Yeah. Yes. And is having, like, something with RuPaul. Yeah. Right? Well, they're at least... Some sort of... Tempted by each other and yeah. trying to... Yeah. Yeah. Trying to resist. But I there, there's the moment where... Um, What's our main character's name? Megan. Megan. When Megan first arrives and she's at that point still saying like, I don't know why I'm here. I'm not a lesbian. I don't know what this is all about. And Mary is describing to her. Oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. women, why she had like the cheerleaders, why she's attracted to them and all this. And the way she talks about women is like she's attracted. It's to very yeah. much. I mean, it's so sexualized. And so the way she says it. I don't know. And maybe that's intentional. Yeah. Maybe it's her trying to like, maybe the idea is that this character is trying to get the other character to admit it. Mm-hmm. But the way she says it, I was like, I oh, mean. is that your story too? I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That moment when they, because uh, the, the first step of their program is that you have to admit that you're a homosexual. Um, that I had never seen this movie either, but that is a TikTok sound. I realized I had heard <laughs> that moment where she realizes she's gay and she starts crying going, I'm a homosexual just over and over again. <laughs> I've heard that on TikTok before, and I didn't know what it was from. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, this that's funny. Makes more sense. Obviously, it's used in a different context on TikTok, but yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is interesting how, how many, like that one, that one moment, uh, like, it fills me with, like, so, like, completely opposite feeling. Because in one part, it is funny. Like, it's funny that it's this scene where it's so devastating, but it also makes me really deeply personally sad because you do remember that trauma of like realizing that thing about yourself that's that's like it is traumatic it shouldn't be Mm -hmm. but it is traumatic and like there's a lot of moments like that in the movie where it's played for laughs but if you're a queer person watching it it also becomes very real in that moment Mm -hmm. i i think you're so right when uh when she said but everybody everybody looks at girls um, everybody looks at other girls and then I, one of the other characters said but they, the, they're they not having the same thoughts you thought everybody was thinking the same thing as you when you looked at other girls when somebody when they said that that was such like a mm-hmm. that was very poignant for me because I, I mean I remember although I realized it without having to go to a camp <laughs> like other people don't this is different yeah. like I am not I am not the rule in my brain. I am an exception in some way. And I, I remember like understanding that like, oh, you're not a, oh, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That's a difference for me. That's, <laughs> which I understood to be because I was like, you know, bad. Because yeah. <laughs> something was wrong with me at the time. I don't think that now, of course. We've worked through that. But yeah. like that, I remember that moment like, oh, oh, Okay. I, I had the same moment when she, right at the beginning, when she's making out with her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and she's talking to Jen Lindley, who's also in, in yeah. this. Um, uh, and she's like, don't you hate it when they do that? And Jen looks at her like, 
I think it's fun. She's like, well, wait a minute. I was watching that like, it, oh, well, mm, no, oh, oh, okay. I think that's so well done, though, because when they're making out, it's, it's so gross. It's and not so because, gross. I mean, whether you're, whatever your sexuality is, it's gross, right? He's like just it, bad at it. Like, well, and, I mean, it doesn't look fun. No. It doesn't look, enjo- no one looks like they're having fun. No. Nobody looks like this is what should be happening. Yeah. Um. So it's gross. But if you think about it, it's, if you are a person, like if in her character, as far as we know, she is a lesbian. Mm-hmm. So she would have no sexual interest in him. Mm-hmm. And, but she's being forced to make out with him by expectations of society. It would feel that gross. Mm-hmm. It would feel that like mm, yeah. off-putting and wrong and oh, like like that's sort of what they're suggesting. Like, hey, you know how uh, like homophobic straight America looks at you know two men or two women kissing and says ew. This is how, like, here we go. Flip it around. Doesn't this feel wrong? Mm-hmm. Doesn't that feel gross? Well, that's how it feels when you try to force somebody to be straight when they're not. Mm-hmm. Look at how uncomfortable and gross it is. That's wrong. Yeah. I feel like they do that visually because it's it was so just like, yeah. <laughs> Stop. She's just staring like wide eyed off into the distance. <laughs> like, yeah, this is happening again. Okay. <laughs> Thinking about the cheerleader. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's you like the reasons that that's so the beginning of the movie starts off with a sort of intervention where all of her family and friends are there to be like, We're shipping you off to this camp because we're convinced you're gay. And the reasons that they list why they think she's a lesbian, I I mean, it's you know, that's one of them. You don't like to make out with your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh and then it's like when you listen to Melissa Etheridge and yeah. <laughs> hang pictures of women in your locker and you eat tofu, <laughs> like you're a vegetarian. So it's uh, it's a good mix of like valid and well okay now uh-huh. yeah or the the design on her pillowcase that looks like a vagina yeah. <laughs> man that picture in her locker as soon as she opened up her locker i was like oh, i don't i that's just like almost naked women just hanging in her locker well but see <laughs> If you looked, did you notice Jen Lindley's Michelle Williams locker? Did it have men in it? It had a picture of a shirtless hunky dude. I didn't see that. Yeah. So like I I thought it was so smart because Mm -hmm. here you have her locker where it's like, well, she's got a picture of a girl in it was a bikini Mm -hmm. or underwear and panties, something like that. Like, obviously. Yeah, (laughs) obviously. But then you look at Michelle Williams and she's not getting any flack. And here's a half naked guy hanging in her Mm -hmm. locker. Um, I thought that was really smart. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about more about the movie and. And as it carried on, we're kind of stuck in the beginning. But before we do that, let's check the group message. Oh, it's my favorite time of the week when I get to tell you two about my pants. Oh, boy. I love to talk about Beta Brand pants. Um, I really can't stress enough. I've said before that Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants are the most comfortable but professional pants you'll ever own. It's the truth because uh, I've been a customer for a long time. Um, they are dress pants. They look nice. So when you go to work, when you have to go you know, to meetings or events or whatever, you can feel good that you look professional, you look like you dressed up, you look like you took the time, but what people don't know, your little secret, is that it feels like you're wearing yoga pants because um, they're that comfortable. Um, they're functional, they're, they're wrinkle resistant, it's stretch knit fabric. Um, so you're not gonna, you're not gonna have to worry about the end of the day kind of looking like if you've had a busy day and you've been on your feet or like me, you're kind of, um, all over the place in a hospital down and, you know, having to crouch down and stretch and all kinds of stuff, sit down. Um, they're not going to be wrinkly. They're not going to look messy. They're still going to look great and they feel great. And you can wear them when you get home. You don't have that, that 
sensation where like, I got to get out of these work clothes. You don't have that with beta brain dress pant yoga pants because they still feel great and you can wear them around the house. So, Tay, if our listeners want to check out Beta Brand Dress Pant Yoga Pants, what should they do? Well, right now, our listeners can get 25% off their first order when you go to betabrand.com slash buffering. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com slash buffering. Find out why people are ditching typical work pants for Beta Brand's Dress Pant Yoga Pants. Go to betabrand.com slash buffering for 25% off. Uh, so, I... I thought it was really moving. One of the parts of the movie that I really like is as you progress in this horrible camp that that um, these young people are being forced to endure, you find that there's like a rival group. <laughs> the XX gays. Yes. yes. Um, and I actually found their whole, like that, that plot point, those characters and their little like home where... Uh, kids can escape too mm-hmm. to get out of the conversion therapy camp. I found it all very touching. Me too. Mm-hmm. I found that a very nice plot point. Yeah. Well, I like that they they include at some point like a little argument between the two because they're uh, boyfriends, husbands. I'm not sure, but the the two mm-hmm. gay men that run this place. They include like a little argument between them, and also like the de escalation and like the resolution of it, as if to just so like look at this example of a healthy relationship. Yeah. Megan was watching it the whole time, like ah. It was like she couldn't believe it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, this is just normal. Yeah. This is just a relationship. <laughs> it, it, that's exactly what it is. I yeah. mean, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. And they do it without saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really smart. There are so many things in this movie that are happening quietly that uh, I, I feel like a lot of times in film, they feel, especially if they feel like they're sending a message, they feel the need of like, I'll show it. And then I'll have some character say it very obviously, just in case, <laughs> just in case you missed what we're doing here. Yeah. And this movie does such a good job of avoiding that. Like, it's all there. Um, the fact that the the conversion therapy camp escalates in what they call um, the simulation. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Which is. Let's <laughs> see. Oh, my God. Uh, so they're I mean, they're basically dressed as Adam and Eve, right? Yeah like the the guys have leaves over their genitalia the girls have also like big nude bodysuits yes yeah and the girls have leaves over their breasts and genitalia and then they have to lay on a bed in front of mary mary and simulate heterosexual sex Mm -hmm. it's horrific yeah (laughs) it's awful it's so gross and it's it's so obsessed with like um, all these gender roles that they keep putting on these kids the whole time to get to this as like, now here is the ideal sex and I'm you need to act it out for me and I'll watch it. And then she even goes further to be like, we don't do foreplay and all that. Mm-hmm. It's so upsetting. Again, I think it does such a good job of underlining like, isn't this camp gross and awful? Mm-hmm. Isn't this terrible? Doesn't this seem abusive? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Without ever saying mm-hmm. this is abuse. Yeah. Well, I, I think, too, it shows throughout that the the kids that are there never buy into it at all. Like, they're fully mm-hmm. aware of who they are. There's never a moment where you can, I think, convince a queer person they're not who they are. It's just you want to play the game so you can have a life or not. And I, I feel like that's, you know, like, there's... The, there's a central romance in the movie that we haven't mentioned yet, which is uh, Natasha Leone's character, Megan, the main character, uh, falls for Graham, who's uh, a girl that's also in the program, 
And she's the daughter, I guess the daughter of rich people who are going to basically kick her out on the street and she's going to lose everything if she doesn't fix her lesbianism. Um, Mm -hmm. And the the two of them are romantically involved with each other. But it's a very Mm -hmm. like, like pure development in their relationship. And when you compare it to like the the heteronormative thing that they're being impressed into, which is very violent, frankly, I think it's, you Mm -hmm. know, it's contrast. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, it's very lovely, the relationship that develops between her and uh, Clea Duvall plays Graham, and it's it's exactly the way, like, a normal romantic relationship evolves, which, again, is, is such a good contrast to, I mean, that's what we see. We see uh, gay characters in this movie having healthy, you know, um, romantic interests and, and sex, sexual drives and, like, relationships as adults. We see all of that healthy stuff. Um, but it is the supposed, like, what are they, unnatural is the word mm-hmm. they keep using, unnatural path. And then you see the natural path as this weird, gross, uncomfortable, um, forced, fake thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they again, they do that all without saying it. Uh, there are moments where Natasha Leone, like, where they just have, like, an extended shot of her face as she's trying to figure something out or think through the situation where I feel like a million different things are being communicated and not a word is being said in this. I was so impressed with that, like moments where you can see in her head, okay, I am a lesbian. I've accepted that, but I'm not supposed to be. And these people say they can fix me and that would make my family happy and my friends happy. And then I could go back to doing cheerleading and having a life, which is what I want to do. But at the same time, something feels wrong about that. I feel like there's something wrong because I don't think that I'm unnatural. And like, you can see all that. And then like, I'm, I'm starting to develop feelings for this girl, but I'm not supposed to. And my parents are going to kick me out if I don't finish this, but isn't this wrong? And you can see all of this happening without any lines. I, I just, there's not enough of that in films. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, I think that's very true. Um, I was intrigued by how in the beginning in like her her hometown her parents house and all that stuff everyone's wearing very like bland neutral earth colored stuff like browns and greens and kind of gross clothes um Mm -hmm. but then you get to this house where this conversion camp is supposed to be happening and it's covered in like bright pink and the rooms are solid colored bright pastels of all these rainbow colors Mm -hmm. and it was just very much like I see what you're doing here. Like this is, this is supposed to be like, I don't know, to fit quote unquote fixing these people, but they're not actually going and they're all, it's not something that could be fixed. It's who they are. Mm-hmm. This place is like, this is who they are. And it, that is a representation of like all these people that can't be changed. They d- they do so many things like that. Did you notice in the final ceremony when they graduate, um, conversion camp um, the the girls of course are all forced to wear pink mm-hmm. the boys are forced to wear blue and all the parents are wearing white mm-hmm. everybody else is wearing white and it's like this like I don't know m- wedding sort of birth yeah, yeah. something like uh, also um, baptism type yeah, yeah baptism like there's so much there again with just like outfits mm-hmm I do, and like the way that they clothe, like they're supposed to be, and like okay, the boys wear blue, the girls wear pink. Like when they're in the camp, 
Sometimes they get like a lavender or like a, like a green, I guess. But like, mm-hmm. like the boys are wearing like their little like uh, suspenders and like tied up button. Like it's very <laughs> queer. And the one scene yeah. where like the girls are in like the be- the fake beauty salon, I guess, where they're learning how to be women. Mm-hmm. But Natasha Leone and Cleo Duvall are both in like it's glorified lingerie and like painting each other's uh-huh. toenails yeah. in like lavender hues and i'm like okay but <laughs> like, <laughs> hold on <laughs> pause it for a second this is nice yeah well it's a, the shorts on the boys i felt the same yeah. way about like <laughs> what are these shorts these boys are wearing <laughs> i think that that's that very clear need the movie has is to never at any point suggest that any of this could work that any of this is realistic or believable. Like, there's, you can't stop a gay person from being gay. It's just not possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't think, I don't think that they give you the slightest hint that this has happened at the end. Like, even the, the characters who finish conversion therapy and are saying it, like, two, two of the girls are kind of giving lip service to this idea, like, yes, I'm fixed. I'm straight. I am straight now. Yeah. Um, you don't even believe them. No. Uh, the only boy who finishes it is Joel, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, he obviously isn't into it either. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't get any sense that like anybody has. Well, throughout the whole thing, all of the women are like giving each other at different moments, like flirtatious looks and mm-hmm. look to be like, I don't know, into one another. And the boys are doing the same thing. Like even when they're doing these things and saying they're straight and participating in these activities and like doing what they're supposed to do, they're all of them are still, you know, None of them believe that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do love the uh, so like the the main character gets kicked out of the camp ultimately, um, and her mm-hmm. love interest is still there. Graduates, uh, and then uh, Megan shows up to rescue Claydevall from her graduation <laughs> and steal her away. And at first, like they're infiltrating, dressed in like camo, and you know her her her. her Clay Duvall's character is like, no, I just can't leave. And then she comes out in her like cheerleading uniform and gives this <laughs> uh-huh. cheer where, you know, like you're meant for me, basically, is the cheer. And the moment it's it's silly, but like it makes me cry every time because it's such this beautiful like, oh, you know, like it's a declaration mm-hmm. of love you get in every silly teen movie. But I also love that there's so much in the movie where it's talking about like, oh, well, if you enforce the gender stereotypes, you get a straight person like tying like sexuality and gender very closely but Natasha Leone's character talks about how much she loves cheerleading. It genuinely brings her joy, a traditionally very straight girl thing to do, I guess. And that she comes out as mm-hmm. herself in the end. There she is. She's a cheerleader. She loves cheering. She's also super gay. And she's here to declare her love for her, her girlfriend. Yeah, I no, I know what you're saying. It is a really nice moment to be like, I can be all these things. Um, I also thought it was a nice... In, in the beginning, her her uh, being straight, supposedly, is very much tied also to this um, religious sort of underpinning. Like, there's that big prayer that her dad says over dinner at the very beginning about, like, God keeping them on their natural course and mm-hmm. all that stuff, alluding to what is about to happen. Um, but, like, even after she kind of loses faith in, like, Uh, I don't think my parents were right. This conversion therapy camp isn't right. Like I'm okay the way I am. These messages I'm getting aren't wrong. She's still wearing that cross necklace. And Mm -hmm. I really liked that 
like that is just who she is. Mm-hmm. That is that is different. And she can be that too. Um, because so often you get this sort of like and then once you're gay, you can't be a cheerleader. You can't, you know, you've got to be angry all the time and you certainly can't go to church. And like, well, no, you can if you want to. You can mm-hmm. be all those things too. You can, Or you can be angry or you cannot, or you can be a cheerleader or not. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that they do that. They do that the other way around with the character uh, Jan. Is she the one who leaves? Because she's like, I don't understand why I'm here. I'm straight. Yeah. And she's like, everybody just assumed I was gay mm-hmm. because I have short hair and I play softball. But mm-hmm. like, I'm straight. I like boys. <laughs> I like boys. Yeah. And like leaves. And it's like, you just assumed all this about her same way as we assumed all this about Natasha Leone's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I was curious about how, because that character's treatment was interesting because it was a very masculine presenting woman. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't mm-hmm. like, is there is there a subtle statement here about like, maybe it's not that that this is a gay person, maybe this is somebody who is not gender conforming. And that is, you know, like, yeah, we don't. Mm-hmm. I also wonder yeah. about that. Because you can be, you know, trans and straight. <laughs> that is fine. Yeah. 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 No, I, I don't know. I wonder if you think about like, if you updated this movie to today, I really don't think there's a lot that I mean like we talk about so much media on this show mm-hmm. <laughs> that like now if we did it today <laughs> none of that that none character that would wouldn't work. exist you would never say that none yeah. of that would work I mean whole series like friends would be rough um, <laughs> yeah Sorry. it wouldn't it just wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> so I mean like there's lots of stuff I don't think that that's true for this movie I do think like we would be a lot more cognizant casting a film like that today with queer actors some of the actors are certainly not not all of them are straight but some of them are also straight and you would be a little more aware of that um and maybe that character maybe that's where that was going and you just couldn't fully explore it within but also you can't tell all stories right Right. you know you can tell a story really effectively if you try to tell every story all at once sometimes Mm -hmm. you lose things um but that would have that is an interesting narrative that i would have liked to see explored I also did like that uh, the one guy at the camp who gets kicked out, but then Megan finds it, Larry and Lloyd's house, he's been mm-hmm. there the whole time, um, was one that like was on the water polo team and like was an athlete and I wrestling. And yeah, all that, wrestling. Yeah. That's what yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I guess everyone just assumed was very straight because of the life he had, kind of like Natasha Leone, but mm-hmm. as a guy. Um, but he goes to larry and lloyd's house and is very much just like it's still him he hasn't changed like how he acts or who he is or anything but he's just like now i'm i can do what i want i can go hang out with who i want and he also wears silk rainbow pajamas to bed yeah (laughs) (laughs) right yeah but but i don't know i like that that like it was a it he is still who he is and he didn't need to be at this place and yeah he got kicked out but i don't know he he was still who he was there because that's just who you are as a person yeah. Well, that's, you know, that, there's a fantasy element there because it does kind of give everybody a nice tied up happy ending. And the mm-hmm. idea that there's this just down the road, there's this nice home that you can go to if you're <laughs> yeah. kicked out of the. Um, that's unfortunately not the truth in, you know, these actual situations. But sure. it is mm-hmm. a nice inclusion in the movie to kind of not have to confront the reality of it too much. Yeah. No, I, I think for the movie they were trying to make, it makes sense mm-hmm. um, because it's not. You know, at the end of the day, like, yes, there is a safe place with, you know, safe people that they can go to. So they're not, you know, um, homeless mm-hmm. at the end. But uh, if you notice, like, the house that 
the couple lives in, Larry and Lloyd, like they've got like chains on the windows mm-hmm. and stuff because they're probably attacked frequently yeah. because they probably have protesters outside frequently. It doesn't look as colorful and beautiful and as inviting as the, you know, the conversion therapy house. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is like a nod to the fact that like it's not easy mm-hmm. what they're facing here, even though they do have support. Thank goodness. It's not all going to be easy. And I, I think that they do sort of visually show that. Yeah. And they also make, I mean, all the people at the conversion camp go and protest at their house. Yeah. In one scene, like make them all write those horrible homophobic signs and chants and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you're right. But, uh, but I, but I do think, I think that again, for that movie, I think like, kind of giving it that nice ending mm-hmm. where all the couples end up together mm-hmm. and you know they're okay and they're safe and it, obviously they're still like ostracized from their family so it's not all flowers and rainbows but <laughs> it's a few flowers and rainbows yeah. um the uh i the after the be- beginning of the credits little scene did you see that no uh, yeah with the uh with megan's dad Oh, no. There was a little blip of a scene after, like, just the first few minutes of the credits. Uh They show a scene of Megan's uh, dad standing up at a PFLAG meeting. Oh. Yeah. And the the mom begrudgingly sitting in on it. uh, With, like, sunglasses and, like, a shawl covering her and stuff. But, like, she's there. Oh. Yeah. I believe she's played by Mink Stoll, who is actually... From a lot of the John Waters movies, um, oh. so there is a connection oh, there. Okay, okay, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a good balance of a lot of things that is. Me- this is clearly a movie that's meant for queer audiences. There's some fantasy element. There's some wish fulfillment. There's a lot of kitsch, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of the visual language of like queer cinema of the past. Um, and I, you know, it, it gives you that happy teen movie that you want, but it also has elements that. Y- you unfortunately can connect to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed it. I was, I was surprised, especially like, as I realized what, where we were going with the movie, as soon as RuPaul shows up in that van, I was like, <laughs> Oh, this is a movie about conversion therapy. Like I knew that's where we were headed. Cause yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, and I yes. had a moment where I was like, Oh, like almost like bracing myself. Like, I, I don't know if I want to engage with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it really, it avoids you like feeling that way the whole time. It's still an enjoyable film that is there. They don't shy away from it, but there's enough other stuff so that like, I don't know, sometimes stuff like that, that's too close to the bone. I, I can't engage with it. And it's not like that. It's mm-hmm. really not. Well, and I, I, I see a lot of pushback uh, and an outcry for like, we want queer media that doesn't have any pain or any struggle or or any of this in it. We just want happy, fluffy, nice light. And I, I, there's a place for that, absolutely, you know? But there is still, you know, this is not our past. First, we have to be aware of our past. That's important. We need to be aware of our history. And also, as, as we mentioned at the beginning, this is not history or the past for a lot of people. This is current. This is still mm-hmm. people being forced into places like this. Still people that uh, don't have families that accept them, that have to choose between going out on the street or suppressing their identity. So it's like, you know, I, I agree that I want happy, happy, safe places in media for queer identities. But we also, I don't think we'll, for a long time, we're not going to lose the need for this kind of stuff as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. definitely true. I think it's very true. Thank you for 
uh, bringing it. Yeah, thank you, Taylor. I was I was really I really enjoyed it, and I'm surprised and a little embarrassed. I haven't seen it before now, so thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for watching it. Uh, it apparently there it got optioned for a TV show in 2018. I don't know what happened oh, with wow. that. The pandemic Ooh. happened, so who knows? But maybe maybe we'll get that with the same wow. the same director still attached. Well, That'd awesome. be great. Yeah, I would happily watch that. Yeah. All right. Well, what's next? Rilo. Well, next week, I would like to talk about music. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo, who wrote Driver's License, a hit teen song of recent, um, just came out with her debut album called Sour. And I am very excited about it because um, I really enjoy her. She's on the high school musical, the musical, the series, the musical, the movie, whatever TV show. Um, so she's right. like a, a teen of today. Makes pretty good music. Well, that sounds good. I like that one jam. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now there's like 11. So. All right. I'll check out all the jams. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you both. Um, it's been very fun to talk about this movie with both of you. Thank you, listeners. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, I we all really enjoyed it. I would say, like, I think we've made it very clear what the movie is about. Mm-hmm. Um, so that content warning is there. It, the movie does very much discuss conversion mm-hmm. therapy. Yeah. So just be forewarned. That is that is the plot. Um and there are slurs, as you mentioned. Yes. There are homophobic slurs throughout the film. Uh, thank you very much to Maximum Fun. You should go to MaximumFun.org. There are a lot of wonderful podcasts that you would enjoy. You can check them out. Uh, you can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at StillBuffering.MaximumFun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am... am what happened? Nothing. I don't know. I always have something. I have nothing. It's okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. I got nothing for the end. <laughs> Somewhere between science and superstition, there is a podcast. Look, your daughter doesn't say she's a demon. She says she's the devil himself. That thing is not my daughter. And I want you to tell me there's a show where the hosts don't just report on French science and spirituality, but take part themselves. Well, there is, and it's Ono, Ross, and Carrie on Maximum Fun. This year, we actually became certified exorcists. So yes, Carrie and I can help your daughter. Or we can just talk about it on the show. Oh no, Ross and Carrie on MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.